Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit contractproperties.net. Do I have everybody's attention now? Now it's time for Jason Martin and Vol for Life, Ramon Foster. Powered by all four seasons garage doors. Together, they are J-Mart and Ramon on 104.5 The Zone. And good morning, good morning. Welcome in. Wednesday edition, J-Mart and Ramon, 1045. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. 15 oh. seconds in, we got the reggae horn. Yes, yes. It's going to be one of them kind of days, huh? Sometimes yep. you just know. Sometimes I look in your two faces and I'm just like, oh, God. You look at our two faces and get jealous. It's like, I, I would love to be that handsome. And you're not, Jason, okay? Uh. <laughs> on her <laughs> on a ranking scale of one to is James three. Harden? <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. We're in shape as James Harden is what we are. Uh, James Harden will be all right. There are times in off season where he looks like he he enjoyed his he enjoyed the fruits of his labor. As as my one of my nice rapper favorite rappers Two Chain says, he got quarantine thick. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> have that problem. Yeah. I just, just can't believe the NBA is even doing anything right now. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like they just finished. They did, technically. I mean, it hadn't been that long ago that the Lakers Dude. won a championship. No, it has not. We are loaded today yes. on J. Martin Ramon. We also already have a poll, and it's one of those kind of poll questions. Is Auburn a better job oh. than Tennessee? Yes, no, this makes me sad are your three options. I, I'm thinking about going with that last one, to be honest, but I don't know. I think it's really interesting. It's a question that it, I guess it just depends on what you value, but we, don't, we'll certainly talk about it. Don't don't get me started on that, Jason. That It makes me sad, but I didn't vote for that one because why? I'm all vol, and I'm not going to persuade the people to say how I voted, but if that answers any indication of what I just gave you, gave you then you know how I voted then, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm well aware of what I anticipate happened there. The telephone number to reach this program today and all days, 615-737-1045. Jonathan Schaefer, Ramon Foster, Jason Martin. Let's get the Twitters out of the way, the tweets out of the way, at Schaefer on Sports, at Ramon Foster, at Jmart Radio. At J Martin Ramon is where you can vote on the picture me poll and always show your work in the comments. A lot of people up early with us this morning. Yes. A lot of people already reacting to this question. Not surprising. We also are loaded down with guests today. Jeff Schwartz, next segment. Uh, Pro Football Focus is Bruce Gradkowski, next hour. Titans Radio executive producer and game day host, Rhett Bryan, third hour. So, book ended with you and it's Scout Meeting Wednesday on top of that. Jason, we never have this many guests like this on the we show. Usually well, we usually don't. We we have, but like not like like this though. Like it's it's a rarity, man. Which hey, I guess that's a good thing that maybe we just want to hear each other talk and 
give our insight sometimes. So rib cartilage injury for Matt Stafford. Oh, I saw yes. I bet that sucks. First it does. Of all. That's my that's my I'm paid to talk about sports analysis for the day. I'll <laughs> bet that rib cartilage issue sucks if you're Matthew Stafford. You know what's crazy about it? I've had that injury. It's one of those underneath, like the rib, as you sip on your fancy coffee. This morning. oh, you you don't say, Ramon. It's an <laughs> underneath injury. No, it's underneath I'm saying the skin, it's not it's rib not, cartilage injury. Oh my gosh! If I had a basketball, I'd throw it right in your it's face like James Harden would. Okay, <laughs> but it's one of those like underneath the fold of like it's not a, a surface rib one. It's like really underneath where it's just aggravating, like. It's an internal rib issue. And let me tell you this, sleeping, walking, breathing, turning, it sucked. The rib college one absolutely sucks, man. And I know what you're thinking. Ramon, you don't play quarterback. You're not a guy that takes shots to the rib. No, no, no. It just happens like that. When I did it, it was because I, like, hit the ground one time, and it, it just sucks. Same thing with him. He got hit pretty hard a lot during that game because why? Uh, Detroit doesn't know how to treat Matthew Stafford with respect. No, so yeah, uh, that's a, a trashy, uh, that's a trashy, uh, injury right there. I think I was out for like a week over that one right there. The rib cart, like, why would I think you wouldn't have rib cartridge injury? You have people falling on you constantly. Ah, but because like you're I'm up on the trenches and stuff. I mean, yeah, people aren't taking like shots at you the way they're yeah, taking they quarterback, I guess. But I mean, well, not from that kind of distance. Like, you're not getting leveled. And me from tell, Von no, Miller on a no, regular basis. I can't, I can't wait to get Jeff on here so we can talk about this. But the E.T. and T.E. gangs, okay, especially the E.T. where the D.N. is coming under. Here I am lined up with my man, okay, with a D-tackle over me. And then you have a D.N. You know what his job is, Jason? To run directly into the guard. And I've heard, okay, I've, all right. heard I've heard defensive line coaches say, look, I don't care about you, whatever else you got going on personally. You go hit that guard and you knock him off. Jason, one of the worst feelings ever because I'm focused on my man in front of me. And then, bam, like a car wreck. You ever seen like the cutaway in movies or been in a car accident where the car just like shows up out of sure. nowhere? Sure. Yeah, that's that's kind of what that feels like. Yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the D end is not getting the same kind of run up because you get those extra four or five steps on the quarterback. Plus, you're a little bigger, at least. Jason, don't minimize how I feel. You're making a good point here. (laughs) I'm just saying, I think the quarterback's probably taking a bigger shot because he's just wide open, standing up in the pocket. Yeah. He's just a larger target, and he's smaller. Like you're over. You guys are over 300 pounds. You're talking about a quarterback that's, let's just say, not pushing the same kind of weight you guys are in the way. Unless it was a hefty lefty, baby. R.I.P. to him, man. Ramon, Jason Very just called good. you fat. That's what he said. You know, I, I heard him. But because, because Jason I has his hit. not. It, it's, it's, it's cool because Jason was a former fat boy. I get it, man. It's all good. I'm okay with that. We're not I was. Gonna I was pretty hot and tempting. <laughs> hot and tempting like a, a, a little Caesar. H-A-T, pretty hot and tempting. Sexual <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> like a little Caesar's hot and ready. Like a little, 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 little you were that that high. Oh, okay. <laughs> here we go. But no, I can't wait to get Jeff on here. You know what? I'm glad our show is fully loaded today because guess what? Jeff and I are going to double team you on this. Well, I got hit on my Thank ribs. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to hit you. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> 
Look on Schaefer's face. He didn't even need to say anything into the microphone. We know what's going on. What you say? What do you say, uh, sir? There's a complaint box up front. Go ahead, leave it there in the exit yeah, yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that that sucks for Stafford. Uh, knowing him, he might play, but it's going to be a rough one. I tell you, he's not going to want to get hit again. So when you looked at the Lions this week, Moan, I've got yeah. some numbers in front of me. I was a little surprised at how middle of the road Stafford was yeah, and how just kind of porous the defense has been for yeah. them, considering, you know, Matt, Patricia, and all. Man. And on top of that, an offense that's like, you know, 24th, 25th, yeah, like that. Like this is a team that I mean, I understand their record wouldn't indicate yeah. they'd be very good, and they are the Lions. But I, I keep feeling week after week when I watch them play, when they pop up on red zone, they're yeah. in all of these games. They are, and and and, and if we already starting scout scout meeting Wednesday, I can just give a little rundown of them right now. Detroit fired head coach, of course, we already know that Matt Patricia experiment over and done with. Daryl uh, Bevel is their interim head coach. Mm-hmm. Stafford could be out. With the uh, yes, with the rib cartilage injury, it's terrible. Is what I had in my notes, man. He's actually seventh in passing, but of course, those are probably like catch up yards. He's thirty five hundred twenty two passing yards. He actually got a sixty three point nine percent completion rate, twenty two touchdowns, nine interceptions, man. Adrian Peterson's lead rusher. That's not saying a whole lot these days. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson are better options in my opinion. Offensively, their receivers, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Danny Amendola are the lead receivers on their team. And again, you just brought up some of their offense. They're getting 23.8 points per game. That ranks them 18th. 351.5 yards per game in total offense that puts them at 20. Again, like you said, Jason, they're holding up the bottom end of the stat, stat line for teams. 41.25% on third down and ranks them 18th middle of the road again. Uh, passing yards a game, 261.2. That ranks them ninth, actually, because why? They're behind in games for the most part, and they just rely on him. This is the part where the Titans really got to expose them. I'm talking about cannot let them start the show no matter what. 90.3 rushing yards per game ranks them 30th, man. Offense is giving man. What's that? Death taxes and Detroit not oh. running for a hundred yards, man. It's it's been that way for years and years yes. and years. And and then the, the last part of it is giving up thirty seven sacks on the season. That's actually tied for twenty ninth. So yeah, not good, man. No, there. That's what that's. All the news look, about your football no. team ain't been good news. Correct. Talk about it. That is absolutely correct, right there, Mister Harvey. Uh, their offensive, <laughs> their offensive DVOA right now, they are 1.9% better than an average offense would be in the same situations this year. Explain so to us, Jason, is, is that good or bad or no? That's good, sort of. It just means middle of the road. If you're it's just, just if you're 1.9% better than average, yeah, then you've got like a bare like C plus. At best on yes. offense, really. <laughs> you're like the the high school senior right now that's just trying to graduate. Yeah, you're just trying to finish it off. You were Will Smith putting on the sunflower costume. <laughs> He's trying to get that last credit. Uh, you know, you look at them defensively. You're talking about fourteen percent worse. I believe it is. Yeah, fourteen percent right. worse than an average defense. Goodness. So 
They're 31st in the league. Yeah. In terms of their defense. The only team worse, Jacksonville. So if you're the Tennessee Titans in back-to-back weeks, you will have played by football outsiders analytics stats, the two worst defenses in the National Football League. Hey, Safe, I need to hear the Steve Harvey one more time about Detroit. All you the get news it. about your football team ain't been good news. Mm. I mean, sometimes numbers don't lie, right? No. Uh, that, that right there is not. I was shocked it was that bad because you're yeah. talking about Houston's defense is better. Carolina's defense is better. The Raiders' defense is better. The Bengals' defense is better. There's just pe- all sorts of people that are better. We're getting petty over here. <laughs> In full effect, Zoom is getting petty right now. Absolutely yes. petty. We got Jeff Schwartz coming up, so we're going to talk to him about rib cartilage and Stafford and all of this because we've I've had a long conversation with him about Matthew Stafford. Yeah, uh, in the past, and it continues to be one of those subjects that's endlessly fascinating because it's so much built on what if as opposed to what is, man, in terms of what we've seen him do. So Jeff Schwartz, your bi-monthly hate listen, will join us in the next segment. If you have thoughts. We will take them at J. Martin Ramon or at 615-737-1045. But rib cartilage, two offensive linemen try to get sympathy when we come back on J. Martin Ramon, <laughs> 104.5 The Zone. We do not care. Welcome back. Wednesday edition, J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone. Always glad to have you with us. Always glad to have the fam up early, and they are up early and often right now. On Twitter, voting in the Picture Me polling at J. Martin and Ramon. Is Auburn a better job than Tennessee is our question today. Always show your work in the comments. We welcome in our good friend Jeff Schwartz, mm-hmm. my often frequent partner on Fox Sports Radio, who now has his own weekend show there. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you podcast as well as Sirius XM. Jeff, what's up, man? Not much, not much. I got a, I got like a like almost ten hours of sleep last night. I feel like a new human today. Kind of nice. <laughs> When's the last time you got ten hours of sleep? Um, probably before football came back when I wasn't working mm. every night. All right, Ramon, Ramon, take over because I want to sit here and listen to this conversation, Jeff. So we're sitting in the last segment, man, before you come on. First, good morning to you, Jeff, and I'm glad you had 10 hours of sleep, by the way, too, okay? That is awesome. Okay, Thank so you. we were talking about Matthew Stafford's rib injury, and he was like, and I was like, man, I've had that. Let me tell you, it just sucks. Like, people hit us. He's like, well, you're 300 pounds or bigger than Matthew Stafford. I'm sure they don't hit you like that. So, Jeff, will you please explain to him? that an ET or TE, depending on where you are on the offensive line, guard or tackle, that there is only, when they run those ETs, it's one goal. They tell the, the offensive lineman to do what? Run right into him and and, and, yeah, and bruise his ribs. We get those same but, issues, Jeff. But also, like if you're just standing around a pile at the end of a play, a D-line is going to come and jack you right in the ribs. Like, I, like, I, like what, like, do we not get hit because we're just we look like we're bigger than everyone else? Of course, we get hit in the ribs. Yeah, a, a TE. Yes, the, the the three techniques job is to hit us basically in the side and the ribs, and then bounce off and get to the quarterback. But yeah, like how many times have you just been by a pile, right? And some some D lineman just comes up and jacks you in the ribs as they run by you, right? It happens like all the time. Um, yeah, rib injuries. I've I think I had a little thing in training camp once, like a little cartilage thing. Man, it it yeah. hurts. It's, it it hurts a lot. Like even I can't believe Drew Brees. He's thinking about playing after breaking 11 ribs. Like, that, that's Ooh, a, it, it, 
it hurts. Yes, those uncivilized D linemen, man, are the ones that cause those issues right there. They do it to quarterbacks, and they do it to unsuspected linemen. So, yeah. yes, to your point right there, Jason, we have feelings too. I didn't say that that you weren't getting hit. I just felt like quarterbacks was probably getting hit harder because they're standing up tall, and a defensive end has longer to get, so he can get a little faster. Like it's just, I just said that I thought that it might be harder. Not that you guys weren't taking shots. I also said you got people falling on you in the pile constantly. You minimized it. You minimized it. I did not minimize your suffering, Moan. You guys need to calm (laughs) yourselves down. Just a little bit. That said, if Drew Brees has been out for a long time with this rib cartilage, we know what a warrior Matt Stafford is. They tell you every time he plays football that he's only missed like two starts <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. But do you expect Stafford to actually be able to play on Sunday? Um, I don't know. I mean, they're at a weird point in their season, right, where they're really not either what they're five and eight or something. I mean, they're not really in the playoff front. Uh, they have a backup, you know, not backup coach, but interim coach. Um, and you're right. We, we do hear that, that warrior mentality with Stafford a lot, right? Where it's like Stafford just plays through all these injuries. Um, I just, I think for him, it, it, and I know at some point you have to be selfish in your career. Like, why would he go out there and keep playing when he's really beat up? Like, there's really, and at some point you have, you used to be selfish as a player and be like, look, my, my status in, in Detroit is very secure, right? If they want to trade me because someone yeah. wants to, you know, go get me, fine, but I'll be the quarterback here next year. We'll have a new coach. You know, why would I continue to go out there and, and play with a busted body um, for a team that's not making the playoffs? So I, I I don't know if he's that selfish. I don't think he is. But sometimes you have to make a decision like that. Um, I think he'll try to play. I mean, that's what he always tries to do. But, again, I don't know if that's always a smart thing to do. Yeah, so, Jeff, I got a question for you leading into this weekend, too. I got three thing, three teams here. Uh, we're looking at the Titans, Bills, and Steelers. Which, which ones of those teams are ascending or descending to you at this time of the year? Because you know, like I know, now is the time to start setting yourself up for the playoff yeah. run, the run, the momentum that everyone speaks of. Titans, Bills, and Steelers, ascending or descending from each one of those? Well, the Bills are ascending, but I want to I want to pause with their excitement about this, their offense. You know, people after they beat the Steelers are like, "Well, this is the team to beat the Chiefs." Have we like looked at their offense? So they scored 19 points against the Steelers. Uh, Josh <laughs> Allen was like 25 of 43 for 260 yards. It wasn't like they went out there and smoked the Steelers. They had 19 points on offense. They scored seven. Remember, on a pick six. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like the Bills just went out there and smashed the Steelers. The game was close to the very end. So. I want to caution everyone that builds. If you look at the, at the teams that they played that had any semblance of a run game whatsoever, Chiefs and Titans and um, uh, the, the Cardinals and the Rams, like they can easily be beaten when you can run the football on them. I actually think this weekend against Denver, that's going to be a very close game um, in Denver. The, the Titans are obviously ascending um, as, as Derrick Henry is getting going, and you know they're gonna, he'll get really close, close to 2,000 yards. The problem with the Titans has been this all along. It's a third down defense and a lack of pressure. As good as their offense can be, I mean, you're telling me that they're going to Kansas City and they're going to all stop the Chiefs with their defense. I mean, that's my only issue with, with Tennessee. And then unfortunately, Ramon, your Steelers, man, my, my, they're going down. And my, my problem with them has been the same all year. I think I was vindicated the last two weeks. Offensively, yeah. there's just no explosiveness to the offense, right? And every yard, looks so hard to get. Where is like yeah. where the easy yards at? Where's the wide open wide receiver at? Where is the you know the the big uh, 
running like that. And, and, you know, people keep blaming the Steelers off at the line for the. I, I think it's I think it's schematic. They they're shotgun way too much. Um, they're they're simplified runs. You can only run like three runs at a shotgun. Right, the back is off set. You know how you, you, you know how easy it is for defense when the back is literally on the left, and you know he's only going to the right. Like they know what's mm-hmm. happening. But, you know, Ben he's Ben's not running the ball. He's not running RPOs at a shotgun, so the defense doesn't have to worry about it. All the quarterback on the shotgun runs. It's all it's a mentality thing in Pittsburgh. In my opinion, today is more just like the linemen are soft. Like people suggest. I don't think that they the imagine got soft. It's just a schematic problem. So I, I think with the with the issues on on defense and injuries. And now the offense is just stalled out. I think Pittsburgh's going down, Buffalo, Tennessee going up. Jeff, Lamar Jackson, poop or no poop? Oh, he was he was he was getting an IV. I mean, he might have maybe he went to go poop. <laughs> I don't know, but he definitely got an IV. I mean, he had the he had the, the bandage on his arm. It wasn't. Look, I I've, I think we've all had poop attacks before. It didn't take forty five minutes. So I mean, like, he was back there for a long time. Um, I think he was getting an IV. That was just so like. You know, if you had a Disney movie, it couldn't work out any better than that, right? For, you know, Trace McSorley hurts his knee on third down, outruns Lamar, puts his helmet on. I mean, I don't think we've, we've, I don't think we've given enough love to Lamar in that situation. It was, he hadn't played about 45 real minutes, right? And he was getting yeah. cramp in, and he wasn't, he wasn't terribly crisp, right? Like throughout the game either. Fourth down, he comes in, he, he could run for a first down. I thought, I was like, I didn't, I, was, I almost didn't see him throw the ball. Actually, when he rolled out, I, I Turned my eyes to like the blocker in front of him to see if it was J.K. Dobbins to see if he was going to block and Lamar was going to run. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, whoa!" He threw the ball. Um, and and then Hollywood who would drop three passes, caught the touchdown pass. He used the referee as, as a as a shield too. Like he could have been tackled, but he used the referee as a shield. It was like it was like a Hollywood movie, and um, it was a great job by him in that moment. I actually thought both quarterbacks um, played better, almost in in like a little bit of like a two-minute panic mode, right? Like, Baker just wasn't very good at drop-back passing, and all of a sudden they were down 14, and he just boom, 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 boom. And, you know, the, the last drive of the game, Lamar had his, like, four best passes out of the pocket, and they got down yeah. in, in a field goal range, and Tucker won the game. So um, it was, uh, no, I, I think he was cramping. Maybe maybe he pooped along the way, but I think it was full <laughs> cramps. Um, real quick, even in that same game, though, and just, I guess, the the, the, the future forecast of the NFL, are a team like the Bills, who's been, I guess, in the, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, been kind of bad on the struggle bus, and a team like Cleveland, who's been bad for the last 20 years, are they turning the curve and saying that, hey, we're here to stay and be competitive for a while? Because I'll be honest with you, God has played against the Bills for a little while. They have, well, I've always thought, whether well, their ownership just want to make money. They're going to make money regardless. But now it seems like they're yeah. actually trying to compete. And the same with Buffalo. They've honestly just got a little bit of a bad beat. Um, but do you think they're turning the, cor- the corner in-, in-, in terms of being elites around the NFL? Well, this is the importance of hiring the right coach and general manager, right? So look at Buffalo. They hired Sean McDermott to coach, just outstanding, fundamentally sound, tough-nosed coach, and then Brandon Bean as a general manager. Brandon Bean, he he was in Carolina when I was in Carolina. He was like the player, like the, like the, like the assistant to the coach of, like, who did like um, who did like logistics stuff, right? He would just work his way up, be the business, he a general manager, and then the drafting the receipt. It's it's also about, in my opinion. It's about to bring in guys that fit what you do. So, for example, like bringing in Stephon Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley, three wide receivers that 
can run, right? Can run really fast and can and can help Josh Allen with his deep passing, right? They didn't get like a big possession wide receiver. That's not what the Bills do. And mm-hmm. so if they match up their personnel with the offense or match up the personnel with the defense. I think far too often general managers bring in a guy that's you know that's good but doesn't quite fit what offense or defense does. On, on Cleveland's side, I think Stefanski's a great coach. And 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 I think I'm not quite sold on Baker quite yet. Um, I, I need to just I need to see more of it. Like he's, he didn't play terribly well until the past couple of weeks, um, and so I need to kind of see more of him. But look, man, they have they have the parts, right? They have the offensive line, outstanding offensive line. They have Miles Garrett, outstanding pass rusher. They have obviously Vernon and Richardson and other guys inside that, that, that can rush the passer. They have a young secondary that's getting better. They have Landry and Joku and, and two two running backs like. They're, Cleveland's like kind of close, guys. Like they're 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 doing the right things now. Uh, I think Stefanski's doing a good job. So I think both those teams are close to being, you know, kind of in that perpetual playoff run. But the issue with any team in the AFC is you have Pat Mahomes in Kansas City for 15 years. Like you, you just yeah. you you have to be able to score 35 points a game to beat them. Because look, the, the idea of we're just going to play defense. Yeah, that's that's great. And all I, I get that, but the Niners who just played defense last year about thirty-one point Super Bowl. You have to outscore the Chiefs, and right now those two teams I think can't do it. Okay, what you just laid out right there, and we already kind of talked about how the Titans aren't built to handle Kansas City's offense. Not that really anybody is, but when you look at the AFC, which team do you look at and say that's the team that's likely to give Kansas City the most trouble in the playoffs? Should they meet up? Um, you know, I, I still, you know, Pittsburgh's defense is, is the defense to do it. Um, uh, but the offense, again, it's just not, it just worries me. This is the thing about, you know, I like Pittsburgh all year. If they, it's just, it's too late in the year to figure things out too. Like that's part of the concern is you say, oh, they'll just, they'll figure it out for the playoffs. Eh, week 15, probably not going to be figured out. Um, you know, Baltimore's pretty interesting too, because Baltimore defensively, has the kind of mentality to get after Kansas City, but the problem is they pressure just too much, right? And the Chiefs, um, you know, are are just they just eat up pressure. So I, I think Tennessee Tennessee can score with the Chiefs, but I don't think they can score enough. And we saw that you know the, the playoff team last year is exactly how this would, how they would play this year, right? It's like they would just it would be close for a little bit. The, you know, the, the, the Titans would make a couple errors and the Chiefs would be up by two touchdowns. Like, it's one of those things where I just don't know if there's a, a perfect AFC team for them. I'll tell you, that there's, there's the NFC team, which is the Packers. Like, they can, they can mm-hmm. score enough to beat the Chiefs. But my concern with the Chiefs, more than anything else, is I know Chiefs fans don't agree with me, but I definitely think it's a thing. And I, I, I love to hear Ramon talk about this, even off the field, even, even next segment or something. They just don't close out games very well. They haven't covered the last five. And I worry that this mentality of like, oh, we'll just do it in the playoffs right. kind of worries me because when you run up in the playoffs and you play a Tennessee team or a Buffalo team or Pittsburgh or Baltimore, like just, just, just saying like, oh, we'll just, you know, this is the time we turn it on at the end. I don't know if that really works. I mean, they, they've been up now. They're 30 to 10 against the Dolphins. They need a fourth down to convert to steal the game away. They were up 17 nothing against Tampa. That game was a three-point win for the Chiefs. They were up big against Carolina. That was a two-point win. For the Chiefs, I just I, I worry that they're just not closing out games well enough. You know, Denver was a six point win; like that game felt like a, a, a twenty four ten game. It was sixteen ten. I just yeah. I kind of worry that when they when, when come playoff time, 
this this mentality of not closing out opponents will will really hurt them at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, no, uh, I mean that that makes a lot of sense, Mo. I mean, yeah, we we've talked about that. We talked about them being closer than they should be. Although that Dolphins game, they're up twenty eight to ten after Mahomes has thrown two interceptions. Yeah, like they're just showing how dominant they can be offensively. But but yeah, you're right. You're flying a little close to the sun if if all these games are that close because you assume the playoff games are going to be even harder to win. Um, just on the other side of, of, of the college side, Jeff, if Ohio State makes it into the, uh, the, 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 the final four and plays in the playoffs, if they get drugged by a team, meaning they just lose pretty bad, does this break up what the CFP has for them? Considering it seems like if for anything, they want their blue bloods in the college playoffs because of why everybody's familiar with them and want to yeah. see them. Um, I mean, I think any team that plays Alabama is going to get drugged. So, probably, <laughs> um, um, you know, the thing about the CFP is I, I've been kind of firmly against the idea of expanding it to even six teams or eight teams. I think, I think we've generally had a, a four, the four best teams. I'm okay with two teams in in, you know, in the same conference making it. I just, I just, I'm okay with that. But the more I look at, it, especially this year, man, like they're doing some mm-hmm. crazy things. They're 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 discounting teams that have that are undefeated that have. One, two games, uh, you know, two ranked opponents instead of, you know, Florida who now lost again. And so it, I, I feel like now more than ever, I'm more moving toward like the 16 playoff where you just take the conference winner and, and one, you know, next best team because it, it just, Ohio played four games. Yes, they look really good. I get it. Um, but they played four games. Cincinnati keeps dropping. They're undefeated and they've beaten two ranked opponents. Like, why are they dropping? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why you know I get it. Cincinnati can never beat Alabama. I, I'm with you there. You know they don't they don't really they probably don't deserve to be in a playoff, but they sort of do. They're undefeated. They you know they have two ranked opponents, you know, two ranked wins. Why would they not deserve that sixth spot if we go to you know conference champion? And also the conference champion takes out the human element of it, right? Just you win your conference, you're in. Mm-hmm, Very simple. Mm-hmm. No no need for the human element. So I I'm moving more in that direction. I just it just when you, when you hear them them talk about there's no way they watch all the games. It's impossible. I, one of my <laughs> things I do is I, I, I'm, I'm on the Joe Moore Award for offensive line, right? So college football. Like, I'm supposed to watch all these offensive lines. It's freaking hard to watch every game. Like, I, <laughs> I understand how, how people that like are CEOs of, of companies and, and, you know, and athletic directors, they, they have their own jobs to do. And you tell me they're watching like a hundred football teams play. Get out of here. So I just think that if you just eliminate, the human part of it, just go conference champions, then there's no need for any of this handling. It's very simple. Yeah, I mean, I, I was yeah. with you. I was definitely on the four-team side, but over the last like year, maybe even year and a half, I've, I've switched to where I think all five Power Five conference champions plus three uh, three past that. I don't think you need to go past eight, but I think that that would make it more fair. You shouldn't have a power five where one of the power five at least is going to be left out because there's only four open slots. I know we don't have enough time to do this, but I hope you can hear the grin through your phone, Jeff. Taysom Hill, uh, regressing to the mean that we've always said. There's more film on him now. He doesn't have touch. He can throw fast and hard, but... It, it, you don't know where it's going to go nine times out of ten. Do you think they beat the Eagles real quick on the way out? Do you think that they beat the Eagles on Sunday if Jameis Winston was the one in there instead of Taysom Hill? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, 
I, I think I think you know Sean Payne is going to run this experiment as long as he can. Um, I'm curious if, if he'll play this weekend. They, they you know they can beat the Chiefs, but not with not with Payton Hill quarterback. So um, look, he is what he is, man. He's a he's a 30 year old who is a limited quarterback. I mean, you're not winning a Super Bowl with him. You're not winning many playoff cases with Payton Hill. I thought the Saints were kind of in prime upset situation there anyways. Just, you know, you know, you're facing back in quarterback, you're on the road, you're looking at the Chiefs, just felt like a spot where they would get beaten. They didn't play. Well, it wasn't a surprise they lost that game, but Taysom Hill's not the guy. You know, he might have some, some nude photos of Sean Payne somewhere that's that keeping the lineup. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't get the, 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 the fever to play him all the time. I don't see it, but, you know, Sean, Sean's a good coach for a reason, but I think that they need to end this experiment quickly. Yeah, amen. All right, Jeff, man, we appreciate it, brother. Take care of yourself. All right, take care, bud. Thanks, man. That's that's Jeff Schwartz. You guys getting sympathy to yes. open that interview. He's at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, by the way. The picture me polling is Auburn a better job than Tennessee. A lot of your comments already coming in. Vote at J. Martin Ramon. We'll read some of those comments when we come back on 104.5 The Zone. So going back to that conversation we just had with Jeff Schwartz, um, when you think about Kansas City, and I mean, he even said, hey, you'd want to hear us talk about this now. Yeah. Um, they are winning close games, and we've talked about this before. I did mention, though, they were up 28-10 to 10 on Miami after yeah. Mahomes had thrown two interceptions. Like, they didn't even look great offensively, and they were still up convincingly. But their defense, obviously, is going to let teams get back in. Does that concern you? Does it feel like anybody else in the league? Does it feel like anything else that Kansas City is playing tight games? Because if you play a tight enough game in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. that could be curtains. Yeah, it could be, man. And that's what we're looking at. Like I said, I kind of looked at it after Jeff said in the same sense of like Pittsburgh right now. And to Pittsburgh correct some stuff as far as their offense is concerned, they're going to be beatable. I mean, I know the defense has been able to, to to clean up some stuff, and you just look at the situations like this is a better team than what they're playing. But the fact that they can't close out a score the way they need to is something that's as as uh that that's a major concern going into the playoffs. And I guess the other side of it is this: yes, Kansas City can play. Also, Kansas City gives up enough for where a team can believe enough, or a team can have enough momentum to finish them off, and that's something that. No matter how good you are, if you can't either stop somebody or stop or, or, or score as much as you need to to get the wins, then it's going to be a major problem going into the playoffs, man. Just looking at it, like you said, their games have been really, really close against the Chargers, 23-20. Um, I mean, it's just all across the board as of late. The Vegas, uh, Vegas beat them, of course. And then the Buffalo Bills game, 26-17, like they've had some close ones. Of course, beat a depleted Denver Broncos team and New York Jets also, but Carolina played them really, really tight. Vegas played them tight again. And then Tampa, of course, played them tight. I mean, just, and then the second time around, they only beat, uh, Denver by six points. So it is something to be concerned about that. Hey, maybe, maybe they're gonna, you know, show their, their themselves a little bit more in this playoffs. So you give a team in the NFL and these defenses more time to break you down. As you brought up with Jeff, Taysom Hill now is getting a little exposed because of there's more film on them. Those 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 big plays that he was making when he was the backup, 
um, or he was just a spot guy to come in and just run the ball. Well, guess what? As a quarterback, you're gonna put some, you're gonna put some, some strain on your team if you can't do more than just be a gimmick guy. Here's the comparison I would make. It's actually in a different sport. I think there's two examples of this, and I remember the narrative being talked about. Both these teams, I think, well, one of them went on to win the championship, one didn't. It's Golden State a few years ago when Golden State was outscoring people, but they sometimes didn't feel like they were totally turned on in terms of it's like you need to put new batteries in the toy at times in a regular season, and it was playing them close to the vest, and then it cost them when they got to the playoffs. The other team, and this is the first example that, that, that came to me, is the Los Angeles Lakers when they had Kobe and Pau Gasol right before the end of the decade. Yeah. It, was the, it was the year that they went to the finals against Orlando. They ended up winning, but they played a very uninspired regular season, where it's just mm-hmm. like, do they care? Can they flip the switch? And then, of course, they were able to do it because Stan Van Gundy made some boneheaded moves huh. in the NBA finals. But if you have the talent, I do think that there is an ability to flip the switch. But the problem for that Golden State team in particular was – at that point, they were not a great defensive team across the floor. They would get better and become one of the best defensive, league, defensive teams in the league. But that's the comparison to me to Kansas City. It's just because Pat Mahomes and Steph Curry have a whole lot in common uh, oh, yeah. in terms of the way that they've changed the game, just the trajectory of it by the way that they play it and the way that they influence it. But they're also a team that's very built on offense. You don't think about their defense very much, although just like Kansas City has some playmakers defensively, Golden State had Draymond Green and Clay mm-hmm. Thompson. They mm-hmm. had a couple of guys that could play defense, but I do think there is something too. Are they peaking at the right time or are they just so talented that, I mean, I'm not going to be fool enough to pick against them in a playoffs. I can right, promise you that. I picked right. before the season they were going to win it all. So that's not going to change, but I think it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. I know we got Corey in the borough. We've got time to get to you, but we're going to do it after the top of the hour. The poll question today, and I think you want to address this, is is Auburn a better job than Tennessee? Our thoughts and your thoughts when we come back on 104.5 The Zone.